Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Aaron Eisen, and I am here with our incredibly talented, wonderful, and exceedingly handsome podcast producer, Mr. Andrew Perlman. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. We are super excited to share this week's Torah portion with you. We get together every week to talk about the Torah portion, learn lessons about what the, uh, the Torah portion can teach us to enhance our lives. And this week, Mr. Perlman, you are in for an incredibly special treat. Uh, as some of you might know, we started the Torah anew last week with the creation of the world. And this week is the story of the flood, very famous uh, for perhaps it's, it's, uh, it's lots of uh, drawings and, and, and imagination, like what was that like? It's just so, uh, so vivid, uh, picturing the story of the flood. So this is the Torah portion of the flood uh, with Noah and the flood. So let us first unpack a very, very important idea, Mr. Andy Coleman, and that is as follows. Why do we read these stories or these lessons every single year? Why do we again and again, every single year, we finish the entire Torah? The, the idea is that this isn't a history book. This happened then. Because we know already. We know the story. We know the, the narrative. We, we know it already. This is something that we need to internalize into our lives. We have to make it a part of us. So it's like you're going to the gym and someone says, you just went to the gym last week. You're like, I understand that. But that, that you know, now, I, now I, I'm a new person. It's a new day. I need to go to the gym again. And that's the, really the idea of the Torah portion. Each portion, we're internalizing the lesson anew so that we can become greater people. When, I, when we heard this portion last year, we were a year less wise. We were a year, now we're a year, we've been through a lot in this year. So there is there's a lesson that we need to internalize into our lives with Noah and the flood. So that's just a brief history. God creates the world last week, and we spoke about the beginning of the world and creation. And really, we're going you know, to work the Jewish people. The entire world was supposed to be Jewish. The entire world was supposed to be uh, there wasn't supposed to, the the Adam and the whole world was supposed to be serving God and and keeping the Torah, living the Torah. And Adam and his generations. Uh, ten generations after him were not worthy, and then Noah comes along, and and Noah and his ge- his generation is also incredibly uh, sinning and 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 uh, treating each other badly. Until finally, ten generations later, was Abraham, and he is the father of the Jewish people. But th- we are at right now at Noah. So let's talk about Noah. So th- how are they treating each other badly? So there was promiscuity. There was even the the interspecies. Uh, people were being promiscuous or animals were being promiscuous. Uh, but there was a lesson in the dealing with other people. There was a concept of stealing. There was no idea of boundaries. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. If you're you know, drinking a coffee, I'll grab it and, and take a sip, right? So the way they works, if I steal less than a shava pruta, a shava pruta is, I don't know, maybe about a dollar. So if I steal less than a shava pruta, you can't prosecute me. So a guy would come to the uh, to the marketplace and sell, let's say, pickles, right? And um, and a guy would take a pickle and he's like, "What are you gonna do? I, you know, I'm allowed to take a pickle." And then they would, the whole town would wipe him out clean, and he couldn't prosecute anybody because everybody was 
everyone was legal or everyone was beyond prostitution because they stole less. So in other words, uh, just an immoral people. So anyway, God tells Noah that he is going to bring a flood. Now, here's a question to you, Mr. Ankerbrook. If God wants to destroy the world and God is angry at the, the, the world, the, the human, humankind, why a flood? Why this, 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 by the way, is a lesson that will change your life forever. If we merit to internalize it, and just by, if you're listening to this, you're trying to internalize it, so you're already halfway there, and it's already going in. And if, by me saying it, I'm internalizing it. So that's why, uh, that's why I'm so grateful for my job, because if I talk it, eventually it'll go into, my, uh, into, into me as well. So Mr. Andrew Perlman, we live during Corona, right? Corona, unfortunately, has been very, very, uh, very, very deadly. So why a flood? Just bring a Corona times 10 or whatever, bring a, bring a plague. And uh, why destroy the mountains and the valleys and the fields and the, and the, the you know, the entire world was, was, was destroyed. Why such a intense measure of a flood when you could just punish the people that were sinning? I want to ask you another question. This complete, seems un, unrelated, but I want to ask you another question. You ready? Mr. Perlman, there is a mitzvah that we say twice a day in the Shema. We are commanded to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our resources. To, have, to give God, love God with our whole self. Every part of ourself, we are commanded to love God. Here is a question for you, Mr. Perlman. Why is it permitted? to get married or have children or love anybody really if we have to love god with our whole heart with our whole soul with all resources so then it would seem that we shouldn't get married because isn't that diluting our love well i i guess the thought is that because god is within everything and within the absence of everything getting married is you're marrying a, a piece of God. You're Mr. Andrew Proven. I see that we've been uh, learning together for a long time. So this is one of our favorite topics. And I'm so, uh, you, that's like absolute incredible bullseye. Boom. Exactly. When I love my wife, I love my children. I love my friends. Real love is loving their essence, loving who they are. Loving that my wife can cook, or loving that my kids are are get good grades, or loving that my friend, you know, you know, has a nice house or whatever. Loving surface things or physical attributes about somebody is not real love. Real love is loving their essence, loving who they are. My essence is now I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a librarian. My essence is I am a soul. I'm a piece of the infinite and if you want to love me so then you have to love me who i really am if i'm going to love my wife i have to love my wife who she really is so i'm really practicing loving god when i love my wife i'm practicing loving god when i see the holiness within my friends if i see my friends says, oh there's that lawyer oh there's that doctor oh there's that the wealthy finance guy or look at that there's that poor homeless guy 
So then I'm, I'm, I'm losing, I'm not looking at the person. I'm looking at their physical manifestation, which is so shallow, so temporary, so fleeting. When I look at another person, I need to see who they are, their essence, their spiritual essence. So, and, and that is true love. When people say they're looking for their soulmate, they're, they, it's a, sort of a cliche, my soulmate, but that's what it means. My soulmate means somebody who matches my soul. And we, as we often say, in order to find your soulmate, you have to first find your soul, right? You can't look for a pair of socks, right? If you're looking for it, you say, hey, I can't find my other socks. And someone says to you, well, where's the first one? They say, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're crazy. You can't find the second sock if you don't find the first sock. I can't find my soulmate if I never found my soul. The key to true love is a soulmate. What is a soulmate? A soulmate is where I love you for who you are. It doesn't have to be a marriage partner, but a, a friendship. It's really any human being that I love you. I care for you. I respect you for who you are because I know your essence. That is, that is a soulmate. So you are 100% right. And that's what it, why we, we, we have to love God with all our heart, with our soul. And loving mankind is just an extension of that. And it's, it's the same exact thing. Loving mankind is, is loving God. And, and it can also be extended to the world when you see the trees and the valleys and the mountains or, or you know, more, 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 more regular things, the mailbox or the, uh, the fire hydrant for those of us who live in the city, right? You see works of God. You see the trees are easy. Trees, mountains, like, wow, where'd that come from? Who made that? But even mundane things like mailboxes, you think to yourself, Someone created, someone thought what would be the most convenient way to help people. And maybe they were paid for it, but so what? They, they were still trying to help people. And, and who gave them that desire to help people? They were trying to be good and kind and uh, fire hydrant. It's trying to help people be safe. And, and, uh, and, and you just try to see godliness in everything. That's the real way to open our eyes and look at the world. So the, the message of loving God is loving God and the sort of practice ground or the, the, the stepladder to loving God is to love mankind, to love the world. So that is why, my friend, the model, that really answers the question why the flood had to be on the entire world. You don't have to be in the whole world because the world, if, if we look at the world as a separate thing from God, so then you lost the whole purpose of creation. Like, I'll give you an example. Imagine you're in, the, you're in the New York Yankees, right? Now, I'm sure the New York Yankees have a uh, training, training room, uh, yeah, coaches and a weight room and a place to work out, right? So, you know, you walk in, you're, you know, you're, you're new, the new uh, shortstop of the New York Yankees, you walk in, and, and suddenly you start abusing the weights, right? You start throwing them at people and, and maybe, right, you know, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have uh, you know, water you know to work out and you're you're using it to take a drink or to have a water fight and they're like get, they're like get out of here like you're the whole purpose of this training room is to train if you are not training so what if you're having fun so what if it's relaxing so what if you like to do that that was the whole purpose is to train you're not training so so there's no purpose of you being here the reason why God wiped out the world was because it was being wasted. The reason we have mountains and valleys and trees and grass and flowers and dandelions and saber-toothed tigers is because we're supposed to say, whoa, there is the infinite. There is God. The reason why we have, we have each other, the reason why we have anything in this world is 100% of the world we're supposed to see the godliness within it. 
100% of the time we're supposed to see the holiness within it. And if they weren't doing it, there's no point in having the world. So therefore, God brought a flood. And Noah experienced a year where there was nothing. And during that year, all Noah and his family were doing was being kind. They were giving for a year straight. Right? The generation was stealing. Noah was giving, taking care of animals, taking care of each other for a year straight. Many commentators say he didn't even sleep. He was just running. For, can you imagine a zoo where you have to feed the entire, the entire world's animals in every day, different cycles. Some eat at four, some eat at five, some eat at six, seven, eight, different types. Like, imagine what that, so for an entire year, Noah and his family is giving, 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 giving. And out of the and the and the world is is destroyed. There's nothing else but this world, and and that was sort of a reset to use the world appropriately. Start with giving, and then let's start again. And then by giving, you see the goodness of the beginning. If feeding a hippopotamus, you're like, whoa, a hippopotamus! Do you know? You do you know, Andrew? There are people that have seen a hippopotamus and don't believe in God. Can you imagine such a crazy thing? Have you ever seen a hippopotamus? They're massive and they're, 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 they can sustain themselves and, they're, and they take care of themselves. And, they're, and can you imagine they come from a single seed, their blood and their, their back and their arms and legs or their mouth or their food, right? It's like a uh, hippopotamus is such an incredible creation. So Noah spent the year seeing God in everything. And, then he, then, and the world was destroyed. And then he came out when his family came and they started again. And the goal is to see the good in everything, to see godliness in everything, to see the world in 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 uh in everything we do. And that's that is the measure. Again, we said that we read the Torah portion not because it's the history, that's what happened then, but this is what we have to have, we have to internalize now. So many times we can go through life completely distracted by our job, you know, by our by you know by our by our social life. Our job and our social life, our downtime or our Whatever we're doing, whatever we're busy with is not a distraction from God, but we're supposed to see God within it. I should be an accountant. I should be a plumber. I should be a, a lawyer. I should, I should do my job, but I should bring my values there. I know you're going, you're going out of town with your friends, right? When you go, don't leave your values home. Go hang out with your friends, bond, connect, tour, but bring your values there. Smile at the receptionist. And be kind and look at the trees along the way and uh, you're going to see moose or meese or moose. Look at the godliness within it. And, and on a day-to-day, -day, you don't have to go on vacation. On a day-to-day -day basis, we need to embrace the world and see the world for what it is. And that's, by the way, how we're successful. The way we're successful is to see God within our relationships. A, a true happy marriage is where I see God within my spouse where we connect on a godly level with true friends. I'm connecting on a real level, not just because we like to hang out or we like the same jokes or the same uh, movies. We're connecting on a deep level. And that's the idea of, that, that's, that's the idea of, of the flood. The flood is that a reset on the world to re-embrace what the world has to offer. And I just want to, I want to just perhaps give a helpful tip, right? The, we could use the same technique they used to steal that we could do this in a good way what they used to steal they stole less than a puta less than a dollar they stole less than a, a the, the currency so therefore it wasn't considered stealing so perhaps we could suggest 
to each other and to anyone who's listening that we need a change. So often, you know, you, you call up somebody and say, oh, um, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. Uh, you know, I can't. I don't have time to come for Shabbat because I have work or I have a birthday party or I'm going on vacation or you know, there's no time for God because I'm busy with other things. And I think that the, 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 the secret to happiness is to bring God on vacation, bring God to work. And perhaps we can steal a book, a steal, so to speak, uh, uh, no pun intended, steal a, uh, from their playbook, uh, the people of the flood would steal less than a pruta, less, steal a little bit. And perhaps we can do the same thing, steal God into a little area of our life, right? It's very, very difficult to, um, to you, know, you know, if you're working eight hours a day, to bring God into eight hours a day, you know, for the first time. But you could bring in God for, for five seconds. Right? As you're sitting down, you just say, thank you, Hashem, that I have a job. I have an office. I have a roof over my head. Five seconds. And when you're looking at someone else down the block, instead of saying, oh, wow, that guy is so wealthy. He dresses up beautiful $3,000 suits. And you've got to be like, wow, dear, he is a piece of the infinite. And you're looking at your, you know, your co-workers. You just five seconds say, look, there is a piece of the infinite. And, and, and our families, if we're able to steal a little thing, then we will, we will merit to live happy lives and really internalize the message of the flood that use the world for what it was intended for. It's so beautiful. It's so massive. It's so many different areas of recognizing God. And it just, just occurred to me now, perhaps the reason why the flood, right? Would you agree that the flood is one of the most famous Bible stories? Totally. Perhaps it's because the animal kingdom is so vast and so beautiful and so diverse. And so it's so incredible. You know, perhaps that's why it's like that is because there's so many different opportunities to internalize God. Let's play a quick game, Mr. Roman. Let's, let's, let's come up with as I will list as many animals as I can. And you, then you jump in and uh, list as many as you can. Just the different types of animals and how they stand. If you have a giraffe eating the top of the, uh, the top of the tree, you have a porcupine defending itself. You have a skunk with a crazy smell. You have a uh, raccoon with uh, I'm not sure what they eat, but they're kind of scary when you go to the dumpster at night. And then you have uh, saber-toothed tigers. Then you have a gazelle, and you have lions and tigers and bears. You have crocodiles. You have uh, you have um, you have uh, spiders and spiderwebs. You have beavers and beaver dams. You have uh, uh, give me, give me some more little, uh, yeah. little grasshoppers. Amazing, Amazing. Uh, like dogs, cats, wolves, fruit flies, fruit flies. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. I, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's seemingly infinite. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, yeah, very, yeah, thousands and thousands of different species, and each one um, knows how to instinctively survive in the wild. Instinctively, it's like an, it's an amazing thing. Instinctively. They, then they're born and they know how to live and to eat and to, and to prosper. So that, that, that is our mission when we read uh, the Torah portion of Noah. I just, before we end, I, I heard another, on my way here, as I'm walking, I heard from Rabbi Melech Biederman, just another beautiful idea that I wanted to, can we jump on one more, one more beautiful? Okay, so that, that's, uh, that's the first message, to bring God into everything. But Rabbi Biederman said a, a beautiful, beautiful idea. He actually speaks in Yiddish, but it's transliterated. So I should really post these more because they're so powerful. He, he asked the following question. He said, how could it be that Noah was sane 
when he came out of the out of the ark. How could it be he was sane? He was spent an entire year, you know, chasing after animals, you know, feeding them. It was basically he was in prison. The whole world, the whole, you know, the whole world is destroyed, and he is in this ark. And and uh, you would think, you know, like like how did he stay sane? And he says a beautiful idea. He says as follows: the the reason why he stayed sane was because he realized that the ark was protecting him. It, it's hard to be in a on a boat for an entire year bobbing on water, but if you realize that this boat is is your salvation, instead of resenting it, you're grateful for it. the The ark was his savior, and he internalized that. And when he internalized that, he therefore didn't feel restricted or cooped up for a whole year. He appreciated it. So he said an amazing idea. If we appreciate that our challenges are saving us from something else, if we realize that when we have a hardship, it's getting us somewhere. We, we, we have to go through this in order to get to, to bring us safety. So then that's that's uh, that's a secret to persevering through hardships. That when I have a challenge, when I have a, an annoying roommate, or I'm having a hard time finding a job, or a marriage partner, or I'm having a hard time having children, or I'm having a hard time. Um, making friends or or making money, whatever whatever I'm going through, whatever challenge I'm going through, if I realize that that challenge is my salvation, that's the secret. That this is this is a gift that's given to me. The ark was a gift to Noah to survive the flood. This is a gift to us to survive life. We don't know exactly why. Maybe we don't see a flood going on. We're like, why can't I just find a job? But we have to realize that this that anytime there's a hardship. Or something that's restricting us is salvation for us. And that's the key to not only surviving, but loving it and embracing it. Wow, I have this challenge. I can't, I, I, you know, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to persevere through it. What do you say, Andrew? Yeah, it's beautiful. And to say it out loud also, to make yourself internalize it, as you've been saying, to not only recognize that it's a blessing, but to actively say it out loud, even when no one's around to just say, speak it into existence, that it is a blessing. This isn't 100%. the worst thing that's ever happened. A hundred percent, because uh, that's, that, that's right. And you use your vocal cords and, uh, and, and, uh, and internalize it. You know? so, so, so let's internalize the message of, of the flood. Live, uh, live life where we connect to who we really are, true happiness and self-expression, self Myself is a piece of the infinite. Let's see God in everything. Use the world like a training room to get to get to closeness to the infinite and embrace the challenges of life as, as sort of our own personal art, saving us from maybe we don't know what, but uh, but but embracing our challenges.